Hey guys, real quick, before we get started, I have a small request. If you've been blessed by our content and you like this show, would you take just a brief moment and leave us a five-star review? This is quite possibly the most effective thing that you can do to ensure that this content gets out to as many people as possible. Thanks. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. When it comes to contextualizing the gospel for culture, which has been, a lot of bad things have been said about that. Uh, There is a legitimate sense in making sure that different cultures, different tribes, different tongues understand the gospel. But here's the deal. You know you're contextualizing the gospel in a faithful way when people are even more offended, not less. Contextualizing the gospel, that has been hijacked. That phrase, that concept, has been hijacked by Big Eva in the last couple decades or so. And, and, and what they've shifted it to mean is that when you do the work of an evangelist, when you're sharing the gospel, you should contextualize the gospel for your audience in such a way that it becomes... I would say clear, but what they would say is palatable. That's the difference. You do contextualize the gospel, but you do it. The point of contextualizing the gospel is to, emphasize, to raise, increase its clarity. Contextualization is meant to make the gospel, which Jesus says is an offense, to make it more clear. You're not trying to add any offense to the gospel, all right? The gospel is offensive enough on its own. But we are trying to make sure that the true offense of the true gospel is not missed on anyone for lack of clarity. So contextualizing the gospel in our evangelism means making sure the gospel is rightly and clearly understood by the person that we're addressing. Sadly... Much of evangelicalism has said contextualizing the gospel means making it palatable, making it something that, that, that unbelievers would like, that they would enjoy, or that they could handle, that they could tolerate. And that's completely antithetical to what Scripture says. Romans chapter 8 says the mind of the sinful man is hostile, hostile towards God. And whenever you talk to an unbeliever and and you don't see any of that hostility, there's only one of two things. Number one, God immediately saved them and gave them a new heart and is melting that hostility away in real time before your very eyes. Or number two, you didn't really share the gospel clearly. And I'm not saying every time you cross paths with an unbeliever, you have to give a full, clear, you know, robust gospel proclamation. But what I am saying is that we don't contextualize in our work as evangelists. As we seek to fulfill the Great Commission, we do not contextualize the truth of God's Word in in such a way that we try to make Jesus likable. I remember that this this changed my my whole worldview, my whole understanding of Christianity and evangelism. Years ago, I, I thought, I couldn't put it into words, but I realize now, I thought that the goal of an evangelist was to get people to love Jesus. Did you know that's not the work of an evangelist? The work of an evangelist is not to get people to love Jesus. It's to get people to know Jesus. And there is a dynamic difference. Because if we make it our goal to get people to love Jesus, 
we might be tempted to present a Jesus that they find lovable. But if we make it our goal to make sure that people get to know Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, Jesus as he truly is, and let God decide whether they love him or hate him, bless him or curse him, God will save souls. He will. There will be good fruit. And 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 2, illustrates this point. 2 Corinthians, it says that we are the knowledge or the, or, or the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. To some, it's a knowledge of death to death. But for others, or a, a fragrance of death to death, it's putrid. It smells rotten. But to others, it's a fragrance of life. Or some translations say a life-giving perfume. Meaning this, you, you know the old adage, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, in biblical standards, um, beauty is in the nose of the beholder, you might say. And God dictates which kind of nose you will have. What I mean is this, we just preach Christ. And, and 2 Corinthians, it says, the knowledge of Christ. We make sure to accurately preach the Christ of the Bible. And some people will hear that, says to those who are perishing... It'll smell like rotten, putrid corpse, death. But to those who are being saved, that's what the text says, to those who are being saved, it'll smell like a life-giving perfume. Meaning, we think, uh, depending on how I presented the gospel, people liked it or didn't. Some people heard my gospel proclamation as a life-giving perfume because I really nailed it that time. That time, I preached Jesus in a beautiful way. And this other time, people didn't respond well. They, they, they rejected Jesus. I'm, I must have messed up in my presentation, in my evangelism. That's not what the Bible says. Second Corinthians says you, you preach the knowledge of Christ, and, and you are operating as a Christian as a fragrance of the knowledge of Christ by living faithfully, preaching faithfully. And some people will interpret that as putrid, and some people will say, that's wonderful. And what's the difference? What's the determining factor? Those who are perishing versus those who are being saved. And who decides that? Not the preacher, but the Lord. So preach clearly. That's what it means to contextualize the gospel. Preach clearly so that your audience can understand. Do the work of an evangelist. Some might be called to go, but most of us are called to do it right here. The Great Commission, it starts at home. It starts with your wife washing her in the word. It starts with your children catechizing them, teaching them, worshiping with them. It starts with your neighbor. It starts with your brothers and sisters in a local church, and it goes out from there. Thanks so much for listening, but real quick, before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.